Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This week, we have comic book writer Joe Corallo to talk about their book, Dahlia in the Dark, and so much more. Joe is the writer and creator of books like She Said Destroy, The Never-Ending Party, Star, and the aforementioned Dahlia in the Dark over at Mad Cave Studios. We talked a bunch of things, including Joe's love for Sonic the Hedgehog and donuts and so much more. So check this episode out. But before you do, visit capesandtights.com for all kinds of reviews, articles, opinions, and more, as well as follow us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky. This is episode number 125 with Joe Corallo talking about Dahlia in the Dark over at Mad Cave Studios. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, Joe. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to be welcome. Yes, exactly, right? It's always one of those weird things because obviously we said hi to each other before we were recording and I'm like, okay, let's do that all over again. Let's say hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What you do? I had a, uh, I work my day job. I work as a creative director for a brewery and we had PBS uh, at our brewery doing a special documentary thing for a uh, musician that used to play for the, or place of the Rolling Stones, uh, Chuck Lavelle. And yeah, yeah. the first like, 10 minutes of the entire like we had like people invited to come see the music and all that stuff they played the same song three times for for the show to make sure they had it like correctly edited and people i'm like i think i've heard this song before <laughs> like the magic right? of tv and, and recording <laughs> like it's it's so funny though i was actually talking about this the other day i feel like um years ago like in the 90s uh maybe into the early 2000s the Rolling Stones were still like, like there was like Beatles, Rolling Stones, but it feels like the past 10 years or so, the Rolling Stones have really been like pushed off to the side and uh, everyone just kind of talks about like the Beatles. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I, I grew up with a, a family that was very Rolling Stones and like, we didn't listen to the Beatles like at all. Uh, so so just interesting uh we listened to I, I it's a compilation album but flowers you know mm -hmm. was, um you, you know a very prominent so yeah I, I find that stuff interesting how you know the things change and everything but yeah yeah that's it's, it's funny because like i grew up my, my dad was more in the beatles so it's kind of funny but like i seeing this person comment i mean chuck lavelle was a keyboardist for the rolling stones since 1982 yeah. And but he's playing for the Almond Brothers. He toured with John Mayer for a little bit too. So he's like got yeah. a eclectic. Like people would know him from other things. Um, but he yeah. was just rocking. He was he was rocking rocking hard. But uh, I got to hear the same song over and over and over again uh, for TV because they wanted to make sure they got it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, welcome. Obviously, uh, you're you're into comics, just like I'm into comics. You tend to yes. write them. I'm guessing you read them as well. But um, I do. 
how uh, let's give a little bit of a quick origin story on how you got into comics and how you got into uh, creating comics in the first place. Well, I mean, the, the, the origin story is I was at uh, my friend's at the time, Brian's uh, birthday party. It was third grade. So I guess he was turning, you know, eight or nine, something like that. And, you know, was giving everyone little party favors. And, yeah, I was a big Mega Man fan. I got these little Mega Man figurines. But his one friend got uh, Sonic the Hedgehog comic books. And I was also big into Sonic, really Mega Man and Sonic. Yeah, very edgy for an elementary school kid. You know, none of that Mario stuff. Get me, you know, the 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 hardcore Gen X characters like Mega Man and Sonic. But I um I was really like, wow, oh, they make comics like this that like the story continues because I was also watching you know the the cartoons. There there were the two Sonic cartoons. Mm-hmm. There was the really silly one, and then there was the deadly serious one where there was all that drama with his like uncle Chuck being like turned into a robot and stuff. It's really kind of horrifying if you think <laughs> about it. And they, they continue, we're continuing a lot of that story and, and elements of it in, in these comics. So, so then I got, that's how I really got into comics. I, I remember um, finding out about that and then being at Kmart with my mom while she was doing her errands and they, they used to sell, you know, comics at places so mm-hmm. you would see them around and you could be like, oh, I want to read that. So I, it was Sonic the Hedgehog number 28. It's uh, it's a great cover. It's Sonic like beating up everybody. He's like been brainwashed by Dr. Robotnik. Anyway, um, so, so I started collecting it from there and then going to, uh, you know, dragging my poor parents all over Long Island to uh, go and uh, help me back issue dive because... You know, the natural thing was like, oh, this is 28. I want to get, you know, one through 27 mm-hmm. and everything else and all that. So that's, that's really what got me into it. Um, it would be later. Like, like I stuck with Sonic for a while. Um, later on, I started getting like some collections and <clears throat> diving into saying, yeah, like Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns and all that. Uh, mostly Marvel other than like the prestige DC stuff sort of mm-hmm. until I got into college. Um, but, you know, because... When I was getting into high school, that's when you had like you know Ultimate Spider-Man, Runaways, things like that. So I was reading those, and then you know college that was like Sandman and you know all, all that stuff. Um, so that's really kind of where it, it came from. And then you know I was sort of dipping in and out for a bit. Like there were certain things that like caught my attention, like Walking Dead, Invincible. Uh, they were putting out the hardcovers of the. Uh, of uh, James Robinson's and uh, Tony Harris's Starman run. So, you know, going and, and, and reading those, read all that and, and some other things here and there. And then, um, so I was catching up on a lot of that stuff. And it was really the new 52 mm-hmm. that um, got me into like, like back into going regularly. And I've really been pretty uh, on the ball since then, more or less like dips here and there, but, um, you know, oh, and I, 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 I'd be remiss to to exclude, you know, weed not astonishing X Men. That was another thing I was, you know, mm-hmm. going regularly, and uh, yeah, you know, as regularly as the comic was coming out, because that started regularly, and then was quickly the schedule got really wonky. But, but yeah, so that's more or less the origin. <laughs> and how did that lead into writing? Uh, actually, getting into writing comic books. 
I always loved uh, creative writing. I, I took okay. a creative writing course in high school, in college. I, I used to do with the same friend, Brian. Um, you, you know, we used to have like, uh, you know, Mega Man and Sonic related like fan fiction and, and things like that. Um, that's also where I learned I couldn't draw, but <laughs> uh, which is fine. Uh, I, I remember I, I sketched out. It's terrible. It doesn't exist anywhere, but it was like um, some stuff. One of the villains I created for that was like a um, a uh, partially roboticized uh, Dr. Wily's daughter type character as one of the like antagonists in this like hybrid. And in case of people forgot, it's probably been like five or six years since um, Archie, maybe seven, when Archie finally did the Mega Man Sonic crossover. So I'd like to say I was decades ahead of the game on that one. <laughs> uh so you know that existed no one asked me to be a part of it which is fine but uh but i i was uh coming up with uh that kind of stuff uh since then and then i i you know i'd collaborate with friends uh i'm sure you know you and a lot of people yeah. can probably relate to this where you have you know your different friends or something like oh i got this like really cool idea for like a thing i want to do and like you kind of collaborate on stuff and it kind of fizzles out or you know they do something crazy like you know they get a real job or they <laughs> get married mm -hmm. and have a life and then they can't you know continue mm -hmm. on with that and i was like forget all of that i'm gonna you know write write comics uh so i started self-publishing around 2011 having no idea what the you know hell i'm doing uh I i'm just there with uh uh, my friend uh, Bob Wolf, who has a hugely successful uh, video game YouTube channel, Wolfstem, uh, doing much better than I in the uh, creative sphere. But, you know, we put out a few issues or two issues. We did a third, but we never printed it of um, this like superhero parody kind of thing. Um, and we, we split a booth with some other mutual friends in the small press section at New York Comic Con 2011, which is a terrible idea. I mean, there's no way you're going to make your money back on that. No one knows. It's a disaster. But, you know, it's fine. Um, you know, we split it like so many ways. It didn't really matter. And then, um, and, you know, you also get your tickets for the show. So you can go around and walk around. Uh, and we were diagonally across from Tim Sale. So I got to hang out and talk with Tim Sale for a while. You know, it's a real shame he passed last year. Mm -hmm. It was uh, absolutely brilliant. But um, so I got like a Superman sketch where we had him like yeah. sign a bunch of stuff. You know, like, we, we were talking about things. I, I lugged out my absolute long Halloween. And, you know, he signed and sketched it. And he goes, um, yeah, oh, yeah, they're, they're making an absolute dark victory soon. I was like, oh, OK. And he pauses and then he goes, they'll make an absolute dish about anything now. Which which was great. I I, I love that because um, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but Dark Victory is not great. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the the art's fantastic, mm -hmm. but um, God, it's hacky writing. Uh, anyway, it's fine if you like it. Who cares? <laughs> Jeff Loeb is doing great. Yes, he's doing so. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's fine. I I I think it'll be 
think it'll be all right. But uh, you know, especially since Long Halloween was just so good. Yeah. That, um, you know, it, it happens. Like, what? Someone made a sequel to something that doesn't quite live up to the the original. Get out of here. When's that ever happened? Not in comics. But... <laughs> we we just talked about this at my LCS about Civil War, <laughs> Civil War, and Civil War Two at Marvel. And like yeah. the drastic difference between how well Civil War was done and then um, Civil War Two was like, oh, the only reason I didn't even think I bought it was because I'm a huge Brian Michael Bendis fan. And it was like, yeah. I kind of feel like I have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I met him once um, <laughs> years ago. It was like special edition uh, NYC. Yeah. I had him sign. I had my uh, hardcover of uh, House of M. So I had mm-hmm. him sign that and like a few other things. But um, but yeah. It, it's it's interesting it, 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 like i said he's part of uh how i really got sucked into comics with ultimate spider-man mm-hmm. uh, you know him and brian came on with runaways like that yeah. that's really what got me into like the mainstream, mainstream yeah. comics like the, those two uh not that sonic isn't mainstream of course but you, you, I, we, are we you all... still reading sonic right now like are you buying sonic I... like weekly or monthly? I'm not. I'm not reading it weekly, but I am getting like the hardcover collection. Okay. Of, okay. Like the IDW stuff, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I enjoy it, but um, but no, it's I'm I'm glad they're still doing it. Uh, you know, and I also played. Uh, I didn't beat it yet. But I played through Sonic Frontiers. I thought okay. it could have been better, but you know, it's um, Sonic Mania was incredible though. You know, I have to say that that was an incredible game. And there's another 2D Sonic game that's coming out soon. Yeah. I'm blanking on the name of it, but I don't remember the name of it either. But I heard the I forget what it was. Uh, Sonic game. I don't know if is it coming out soon. Like Sonic video games. I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I feel like it's like I, I don't like soon's relative. I don't know. It's it 2023. Yeah, so that. I feel like that's soon. I feel like we can get away with using that word for this. It just says game. uh, It was announced at Game Fest, Summer Game Fest 2023. Well, they're considering it a, I guess it says a 2.5D. I don't know what that means. Okay. Okay. All right. That that works for me. I guess it's 2D with the graphics are more 3D, like three-dimensional. Like there's like, yeah, pops a little bit more, but it's not as simple as 2D. Yeah. Yeah, like you can go in the background and the yeah, foreground yeah. and bounce around. Kind of like you know, Sonic Mania did. That's how yeah, that works. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. That works for me. Um, you know, I know because they're all like, well, what's Joe going to want? So, but <laughs> they thought about uh, that. They were thinking about that. So they're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, exactly. you're, not per- you're not the person who wrote uh, uh, Dolly in the Dark. Yeah, let's see what, let's see what they want for <laughs> Sonic. But like with games, though, this is like my year because, uh, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've got a switch and they're remastering Super Mario RPG, which is one of my favorite games of all mm-hmm. time. I got that as my fifth grade graduation present. Uh, and I've played through that game so many times and I'm the sucker that's going to buy it again because uh, they're remastering it. So so not only are they remastering that, they're um, remastering and re-releasing Clock Tower, which mm-hmm. I never played, that like Super Famicom uh, game that's very like uh, survival horror, Dario Ingento um, inspired. And they're re-releasing remasters of the Gex trilogy. And that is something that's, that seems so specific. It's like maybe, yeah. it, other than like, who like uh was it uh Dana Gold the voice of Gex I can't imagine mm-hmm. who else is really like was like looking up when Gex was gonna be on the Switch because I gotta tell you 
that's something I would uh, Google every every once in a while, and it's ha- like it's yeah. they're really you know all of that the sonic game this is really this is my year on on the switch well we live in a world of nostalgia anyway so i feel like they could just make a load of money on it it's probably not super expensive to remaster some of these things and just re-release them i mean i mean i remember was a number of years ago when they did uh spyro and uh crash bandicoot and all that stuff it was like that was like huge for me and and it's literally just a better looking game. And I, so when I was younger, I was like really into the BMX and like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and all that stuff. Yeah, I was playing yeah. those games. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy Dave Muir's BMX. It might have been right around the time of his mm-hmm. passing where I was like, I want to like go back there and like respect him by playing his like old school video games somehow. And <laughs> I remember buying it like on eBay or something like that, like a, a disc alone, no case, no nothing. It was just a disc for like five bucks or whatever it was. And yeah, yeah. I put it in my Xbox, start playing it. And I got sick to my stomach because it was so <laughs> jarring after playing like actual good like next generation consoles that I was yeah. playing this old game and I was like oh my god I feel like the room is moving on me <laughs> I was like so that maybe that's maybe one of the main reasons they just should remaster some of these things so we don't so I don't puke in my living room trying to play these old yeah. games <laughs> yeah no that, that'd be nice yeah it's funny you also mentioned uh you know BMX uh yeah. last week uh Rift Tracks Live was happening again yep. Uh, so I went to that and they were playing that movie Rad. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, you know, it's terrible 80s BMX. Oh, movie. yeah. It was, it was absolutely wonderful uh, seeing that. Classic movie posters, though. Like it's like classic 80s looking movie poster. The logo Rad and the multiple colors like that. It's just, just awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, for sure. Between classic. that and, and uh, it, you know, I actually uh, was at uh, one, one of my favorite restaurants in. Um, in Manhattan, in, in the Essex market, it's uh, Shopson's. Uh, I went there, one of the times I was there a few years ago, uh, Tony Hawk was there with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, I was just like hanging, you know, and just looking, I'm like, is that Tony Hawk? And uh, the next time I, I went there after that, they had on display like a signed board. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> Tony Hawk's awesome. He plays those like posts those things online of people who think he looks like Tony Hawk but don't realize that he's actually Tony Hawk. Yeah, that's he so was amazing. Kind of comedy, comedy Bang Bang too. If yeah, you ever saw the yeah. Comedy Bang oh, Bang yeah. episode he was on. Yeah, he's great. He's he's one of those like me growing up. He's like one of those main figures in my entire life because I was really into skateboarding when I was younger, and then yeah. just watching him grow up and, and and be what he is now is it's it's pretty insane. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so Sonic the Hedgehog. No. Um, <laughs> let's let's get into some of the stuff that you created though. Like I, I, I love this, I, I love this generic talk. No, this I, great. Know, I, I really personally think podcasts should be if you put a microphone in the room with someone and just trying to have a conversation and be a fly on the wall and listen to it. So getting to know a little oh, yeah, bit more sure. about you as a person adds to the people, mm. people might fall in love with the fact that you love Sonic and they go out and they buy the trade collected paperback of Dahlia in the Dark. Like maybe that's the truth. I don't know. They're not the same, so I would just like warn no. everybody that the Sonic does not show up in this. <laughs> no, Sonic doesn't show up at all. I did see both the live and the live action movies, yeah, yes. and, all that. and uh, you know, so so I, I still keep on top of that stuff. But yeah, I should probably talk about Dolly in the Dark, uh, which was um, uh, you know, I, offline before we start. I yeah. said you know we got the uh, I got my uh, trade comps in the mail, so you know, thank you, Mad Cave for uh you know making that happen looks great smells great you know that great smell of like a, oh, yeah. a new trade paperback right outside the shipping box 
wonderful. I like how the Mad Cave ones feel too. I think they're like they're not satin, but they have that like I don't know. It feels nice. They're not like I don't yeah. like the glossy. I, when there's trades that are glossy, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the full on gloss. I'm not a fan of or... full on no. gloss, but you know what? Um, two, a couple of other trades. Like I got the um, uh, from uh, you know, Comicsology Originals. I also did the Never Ending Party with uh, mm-hmm. Rachel Pollock, who who, who yep. passed in April, but um. They do the spot gloss. So you mm-hmm. got like the little like uh, spot gloss right there just with the like logo. I do like that. I'm yes. not saying that they had to do that with, you know, the Dahlia trade at all. It works perfectly not not having the spot gloss. It's not it's not a contest, but, you know, in certain places it works. And I, I, I think of this this particular trade that. I think it does work on certain places. Like, but I like that satin, more satin feel, like not satin satin, yeah, yeah. but like it's like a softer feel to it. It's, it's really nice. Oh, yeah. I just got um in the package right before we got on uh, recording uh, my Kickstarter package from from Ryan Brown for God Hates Astronauts. And the nice. issue issue one of that is in like a full, like it's the coolest feeling comic book I've ever felt in my entire life. And I'm like, no, this is definitely a Kickstarter comic book because there's no way that it would be mass produced and sent to comic book shops. Like every single one of them would come in and be like, okay, this one's damaged. This has got a scratch or this has got whatever. Because it was just like, it yeah. would have had to come from like Diamond or Lunar in like, in a bag and board for it to, to, to protect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that makes sense for sure. <laughs> yeah, but Dahlia in the Dark is uh, is yeah. your book uh, uh, with uh, Andrea Andrea Milana Milana. I think it's Milana, right? yeah. yeah, Andrea okay. Milana, yeah, and and, uh, yeah, and Micah Myers on letters too. Yeah, M- Micah also lettered um, the Never Ending Party uh, okay. with me as well. So we we and uh, Micah also was a letter on a bunch of anthologies uh, I've done. I believe he did some of the stories in the Mine anthology to benefit mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood, uh, both of the volumes Deadbeats. So you know my uh, you know Micah Myers and, and I have been working for uh, or Myers rather have been working yeah. for for uh, a, a while wow, together. Uh, together. So that's good, and I, I should be seeing him again. I think he's going to be at. Uh, Baltimore. I saw him the last couple of Baltimore Comic Cons, so that's always it's always nice. But uh Andre uh uh Milana, he um he's doing the uh Cobra Commander uh miniseries over at um with Joshua Williamson yeah. uh writing it at uh Skybound. So I I personally think if anyone wants to understand that book, you should probably read Dahlia in the Dark. Yeah. Get in on the ground floor. That, you know, um, it, you know, Andre's clearly uh, a rising star. Yes. And you want to understand what's what's going on. You want you want to get in. You want to get it. Yes. And uh, I, I think part a key to that is, is, is Dahlia in the Dark. And I know you're being somewhat sarcastic here, but in the same sense, I will say that there's something about uh, the connected tissue of seeing someone's work on something else. Obviously, it's it's a it's a given that if you see someone's work and you like it somewhere else, you're gonna yeah. search out and find the other stuff. But I've gotten to the point as a comic book hoarder, comic book collector, whatever you want to call it. My wife would be, my wife would say hoarder. You know, I I'm a collector. Come on. Um, yeah. I just buy stuff because it's like, oh, hey, this creator is is, and I, I don't have time to read all of this right now. But it's like, oh, yeah. okay, I, I, I like such and such, so I'm going to buy such and such because it's by the same creator, and I'll hold yeah. on to it. At some point, I'll read it. At some point, whatever, and I want to collect it. And, and it's funny because I have way too much stuff from from some creators that I'm like, I liked one thing this person did, and now I own their yeah. entire anthology of what they do. But but the idea yeah. that that if someone does buy Dahlia in the dark. Maybe they will enjoy 
Cobra Commander or the opposite. Hopefully, so when that one actually drops, people go out and, and pick up the trade a couple months from now because they like the artwork on, yeah. on on one or the other. So yeah, there is something to say on that connective tissue there. But yes, there is not to sell anybody short. There is nothing about Cobra Commander either in. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. But I do appreciate you saying that the key to Cobra Commander's success is yes. Dolly in the Dark. Yeah, it so is. It's I, true. I, Matt I Gabe is happy that. with that, too, I'm sure. Matt Gabe. Thank you for like absolutely buy this book. It's the key to the success of the other book. No, um, yeah, no, for sure. But uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's the uh, creator. Yes. I've done that with fairly recently because like I, I read Murder Falcon. And I went back mm. and got the extremity trades, like things like that, where I was like, oh, this guy's really great. And he's also doing uh, you know Transformers yes. coming up. And if you want to understand what's going on in that <laughs> Hasbro universe, I think getting Dolly in the Dark is key. So, <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I love that. That's great. I think it's good. That's a good sales tactic. You just, you know, you should just do it for anything that's connected. To, it's really good. If really? you want to understand what's going on in Marvel right now, you really need to buy Dalian the Dark. Oh, because, well, I mean, you know, he's blowing up. He's going to be doing something at Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Like any, any week now, there's going to be an announcement and you're not going to have a clue what's going on until you've read Dalian the Dark. And then you get all but the bragging rights because yes. personally, I love being that guy who's like, Oh, well, I've actually been a fan of so and so since their indie work or like something like that. You know, like I remember when like Dennis <laughs> Camp was doing Maxwell's Demon or yeah, like that kind of thing, you know. So like or um or um you, you know, is it Zach Thompson, Lonnie Nadler? And it's mm -hmm. like, oh well, I remember come into me and that was a fantastic yeah. black mass book. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard of it. But you know, I, I love being that guy, and you can be that guy too by picking up Dolly in the Dark. See <laughs> two ways you can do this people will buy it and be pissed that it has no connection to anything and it doesn't matter that had but 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 you still made the sale but if it is like something happens and, and Andre, andrea yeah. comes through and does something crazy be like see i told you so either way yeah. i mean you make it either you make a sale and people are pissed at you whatever or you are the actual yeah. person who says i was the person who found this person exactly you it know whatever. It's, it's, it's a win-win i think <laughs> You know, I wasn't really paying attention to exactly what you were saying, but I think it's you said it was a win-win. So yeah, people should just buy it. <laughs> so let's actually tell people what Dahlia in the Dark really is and what, what's your sure. little elevator pitch on Dahlia in the Dark. Yeah, we hit like the half hour mark, so I guess we should probably exactly. talk about the book. Um, so Dahlia in the Dark, like the, the way it worked, um, you, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit. I'll mm -hmm. go to, um, you know, sort of the origin of this. Like I, I did... Uh, you know, she said destroy with Liana Kangas yes. over at Vault. And uh, Liana, again, big name. You know, you, you you get on the ground floor with that one. Go back. Check it you know out. What's funny about that? You said that is I'm recording two podcasts today. You uh -huh. and Liana Kangas is coming back on the podcast. They've been on before, but they're on today, too. So it's actually kind Amazing. of funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> you, guys, no, um, you two are back to back weeks. So that's pretty good right there. <laughs> they're really great um yes. yeah we we still keep in touch even though you know they're a a, a big megastar mm -hmm. and uh all of that but yeah you know we keep in touch you know i make people jealous like oh yeah i got coffee with leona you know or something <laughs> like that at a con and it's like oh my god but anyway um so yeah you should check out you know she said destroy yes. and all the stuff that leona's doing and uh, it's hard to keep track because they're they do i i think they might be obligated to do every kickstarter cover <laughs> but i have the two right here i got know your station know your station yeah and true cult both leona yep. books uh but mm -hmm. yeah no exactly they've got a new book coming out of mad cave 
Yeah. Marika Between Worlds. So there you go. Mad Cave right there. But yes. Yeah, a lot of stuff. But um, they, uh, Mad Cave had uh, reached out to both of us you know, separately. Okay. Yes. Um, in part because of, you know, she said destroy and be right, like, yeah. oh, this, this was, uh, you know, we enjoyed that. Um, and uh, that's how I got to do Vexstar, uh, which is like a sci fi adventure kind of. Uh, I, I was going for some, there's there some Cowboy Bebop vibes, a little, yep. probably a little more Outlaw Star, if I'm going to be honest, but, um, you know, all that kind of stuff going on there. And uh, that, you know, then led to, mm-hmm. you know, doing Dahlia. And the, the way that worked, which is similar to Beckstar, is uh, Mark London has sort of a, a, an idea that's, mm-hmm. you know, broken down as like, this is kind of a thing I'm thinking of. So, you know, it's like a bare bones kind of thing, but there's a, there's a lot of, um, you know, characters in there. So uh, similar to what I did with Beckstar, you kind of either eliminate or combine certain characters, which I think with Dahlia might be a little more shocking because... Uh, it's a pretty big cast mm-hmm. already, I think. I, I think it was, um, uh, if I'm allowed to uh, to put humility aside for a moment, I, I think it's uh, one of the more ambitious things I, I've done in comics in terms of just the, the amount of characters mm-hmm. and trying to interweave um, uh, all these, like, subplots. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it, the whole... The whole story is really about you know Donnie and his journey. Um, so for people that don't know, Donnie is this uh, you know little older, but he's not like old. He's he's old for a like hired hitman kind of guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know bit washed up. His replacement, uh, you know, Big Molly Bloom is basically already set, and is um, you know the the boss's right hand man or you know woman in this case you know big molly bloom is kind of set but it's kind of like oh well we're gonna give you one more job and you know donnie takes it because he could potentially see his daughter on the way and you know wants to reconnect with his estranged daughter that he's had no real connection to for years at this point so you're sort of starting off this story with uh, two people having to work together, you know, Donnie and Molly, who do not like each other, uh, while they they have to deliver this package and they don't know how dangerous it is and they don't understand uh, the amount of, of, you know, entities that are after this, uh, whether it's the government or the two warring sides of uh, this fairy war, mm-hmm. you know? And I realize the way I'm saying this now, like people might've been listening to that whole thing and being like, fairy war, what the <laughs> hell are we talking about? But yes, that does happen. Cause it's, uh, it, it's got crime noir elements It's and it's got um, these, these sort of urban fantasy elements. And, and that mm-hmm. aspect of it uh, was, was definitely in, you know, Mark's original like concept of, of trying to, uh, you know, have this sort of thing going on, you know, between worlds. Um, and I put some of my personal experiences in it uh, in so far as like the actual drive. Yeah. So like the route they're going through, because like, I've uh, driven cross country a few times before uh, for different jobs. And, you know, I've done like the stretch of the I-80 through like from New York to Iowa. I've, you know, I've, uh, I, you know, did, um, 
you know, New York to Madison, Wisconsin in a day. I've gone from, you know, drove from Madison, Wisconsin to El Paso, Texas, <laughs> like things like that. So like, yeah. I, I, I put a lot of those elements and things into it. Uh, you know, it, it was the kind of thing, like I, I'm looking at this story and, and what it entails. And I was like, Ooh, I could like bring in like this element and that element uh, to it uh, that, I, that I thought would be fun. So, so yeah, it is, um, it's, definitely different from Beckstar. I, mm -hmm. I Beckstar, even though Beckstar at some moments can get heavy, I think especially towards the end, uh, Dahlia is a bit more serious. There's not, like, it's not, I don't want to say it's humorless, but mm -hmm. it definitely, it, it takes itself more seriously mm -hmm. than, than, than Beckstar. So it, it is going to be a different experience. Um, you know, but but I think, you know, a lot of people I do think uh, in terms of the art, uh, you know, they're both uh, Italian artists um, that have, you know, the, the styles again, it's like it's different, but you can see some of the um, some of the similarities in that. I, I think if you liked the art in, in Beckstar, you, you, you'll appreciate what's going on in Dahlia. Uh, I think if you like stuff, it's a little more crime noir. Mm -hmm. or you like stuff that's like a little more you know serious i i, I think you'll you'll like that um I, I think dahlia is different from any of the other things that really done in, in, in a lot of ways like it's, it's definitely different from you know, she said destroy like there's yeah. again there's some elements of mm -hmm. this like uh fantasy war and sort of people being stuck in the middle of that but it's really more laser focused on the war there's not this other layer yeah um, that that's going on that's in here of this uh this uh, man that just wants to you know be with his daughter again um so so i think there's there's those elements there that i, I think will you know connect to people so you know I, I i hope they they give it a shot especially now that it's in uh, available in trade yes so you can get it um you know, you can get it on amazon you can order it through mad caves uh you know website you can, you know, it's it's more easily accessible, um, you know, outside the the direct market now. Uh, but you can also order it uh, through your LCS. Yes. So, you, you know, and, and you know that's important too. Uh, where, where, whatever is easier for you to get this story, you know, get it. Whether it's your LCS, ordering online, ordering through Mad Caves uh, website, which is always easy, and I highly encourage everyone to. Yes you know, just do that. But, but yeah, I think, um, you know, there, there's a lot here and, you know, it'll it's available digitally as yes. well, you, you know, how, however you want to, you know, take it in. So. Yeah. It, and it's great. Cause I feel like the story is one of those ones that has elements that are in comic books right now, but like the combination of the two, the criminal, like the court courier style, uh, I read on a, a comic, uh, comical opinions, uh, website mm -hmm. did a, did a, comparison of blending it between transporter the movie and something like bright <laughs> where it has yeah, this I like think... yeah but, but i was like but i was like but the book is way better than the movie bright so don't don't <laughs> use that as like a comparison of quality um but yeah. it, it's like has that idea of like moving a package from point a to point b but also has this like these fairies and fantasy type worlds 
in it yeah. as well, which is pretty cool that you don't like it. You might see either one of those in their own standing books, but like the combination of the two is not something that I really, I think, saw from the beginning when I first read the first couple pages that this is where it was going. And then yeah. I was like, oh, this is where it's going. And it's kind of cool. It was like, oh, it's a kind of cool twist. And da, 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 yeah. which was really cool. I like that. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun with that and developing uh, some of these different fantasy elements um, mm -hmm. and, and sort of picking and choosing what would fit you know, being very particular on that, like, oh, harpies would fit, werewolves would fit, like, like these sort of elements mm -hmm. would, would fit in, in this overall story. And also being like, well, um, what was it? There was, you know, the changelings and, mm -hmm. um, you know, Andre did a lot with that. And, you know, the Andre is the one who came up with the idea with the, like, uh, the, uh, not necessarily false eye, but like the, the the special eye that could go out and like mm. scout and stuff. Like he he was uh, building that off of the original concepts of like or older concepts of what a changeling is. So you know he definitely added that element to the story. And uh, hold on, I was trying to find it. it was, I could have sworn I had uh, the, the the creators of um, Omnibus on here, the new digital reading app. And oh, okay. I believe you can read the individual issues too on the Omnibus app. So I was just trying to find that out. So at least number one's available. I see that uh, on there. But yeah, I, I was backing up to the idea that you can buy it wherever it's easiest for you is the truth. I mean, buy it from your LCS if possible. But also one of those things I always try to tell people is that no matter where you buy it, it still tells the world, tells Mad Cave, tells you that it's being sold and, and you're you're getting your return on what the work, how the hard work you put into it. So it's like, pick and choose where you want to buy it, but just buy it. <laughs> yeah. That's the absolutely. moral of the story. <laughs> no, for sure. And, you know, like, um, I, uh, you know, am, am in a bit of an embarrassment of riches, you know, I, I, I have an LCS that's not that, you know, it's like under 10 minutes to drive to. Yeah. Uh, there, there's another really big one on Long Island, uh, Fourth World, if I want to, take yeah. not too long of a trip to go and they carry like a ton of stuff and, they, and there's a, a bunch of other shops out here and you know i'm in manhattan enough that you know again there's tons of options so mm -hmm. but you know there there are tons of people who love comics that you know they're not close to a comic shop or you know it's over an hour away or they're like i can really only get there like once a month or something like that but you know there are other shops too i think gmart in uh the chicago area mm -hmm. does like online sales um you know obviously midtown comics does online yeah. sales like so so there are the, these other options and places to look into as well um you know i've ordered stuff off of you know gmart in the past and, and they've been great so i do a lot of uh like i said my whole thing is like you just because a, a a local comic book store is not your physical local area comic book store there's still technically an lcs in a sense so like yeah. third eye or challengers in chicago those yeah. those those places also have good online stores very uh, simple sh shopping experiences and all that stuff it's still buying from an lcs but again buy the book like it like in the yeah. end it's like wherever you get it you get it and you get to read it and so on and so forth this is this is what you what you should get and the benefit of it being in a trade paperback nowadays is that it's now available on the book market so like yes when you go to buy if you want to buy it and you don't have an lcs but you have a local a local bookstore there's a possibility they weren't like oh i'm gonna grab this book for our shelves for our reader readers but at least yeah. tell them because if you tell them they can get it and that yeah. way you're still if you still want to buy local and it's only a bookstore locally that's the difference between a single floppy issue 
versus the trade paperback. Once it hits trade paperback, the bookstores are allowed to actually stock it as well, uh, which is yeah. pretty cool. And I, I've, I've, I've said to, to that it's like another avenue for people to pick up a book. Um, but I mean, I yeah. really enjoyed the book. So one of those weird things Thank is, you. is I started Mad Cave and I, Mad Cave is first of all, an unbelievable, great company to work with on the, uh, this side of it, on the reporting, more podcasting, uh, review side of it. They're very good dealing with that. The people are amazing. Uh, uh, don't hide PR. Melissa over at Don't Hide does a great job helping connect people like you and I together and stuff like that. And yep. so obviously uh, Melissa works closely with uh, Mad Cave on that. Um, but I, I came into like the beginning of issue one uh, working a little closer with Mad Cave. So I was able to start like catching up to it and getting into it. So I was able to read a couple issues at time at once. Uh, and I'm saying like, you know what? It worked week to week, but I honestly think it's going to be amazing for people to read it in one shot in a yeah. trade paperback. All it's sitting, sitting down, you can read it all, uh, you know, in a day, you know, if you want to take breaks and read it in a day or two or whatever, but it's something that you can easily read uh, and get through. <laughs> like I, yeah. I tend to read a lot at night and I tend to like, not because the book's boring, but because I'm tired and exhausted from an entire day of doing things is that I get through like one or two chapters and I'm like, okay, I'll read this tomorrow. It has nothing yeah. to do with the actual book usually, but it's like, it's one of those, I just read it at night and they tend to fall asleep. So it usually takes me a couple of days to read a trade just because of that. Otherwise I would read it all at once. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I tend to read at night uh, yeah. too. So, <laughs> But it, it's a, it's got, like you mentioned the similarities between, uh, you know, there is a small amount of similarities between something like she said, she said destroy and, uh, um, uh, Die in the dark, but one of the things I mentioned notice is that the artwork is different, like Liana's artwork versus Andrea's artwork, in the sense that it's they're different styles, and also the coloring uh, on yeah. on um, on Die in the dark is a little bit more, I don't know, darker, a little bit more grittier. Yeah. Is that was that on purpose? Do you think that was that like a decision made by the creative team to make it seem because I mean obviously Donnie's a little downtrodden and and there was just yeah. more like it's more of a darker story. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's something like she said, destroy. Uh, Rebecca Nolte was the mm -hmm. uh, colorist on that. Um, and uh, it's funny because uh, she was from uh, uh, Ireland and, mm -hmm. and went to a like uh, St. Bridget school at, at some point. So, so we had talked about that. But it, that kind of story, you know, we wanted something that was more bright and colorful yeah. because it kind of also contrasts well with like what's happening where it's like this is like bright and colorful even though this is like this is war this is uh uh you know something that's inherently darker whereas with this um you know andre did all of his own color he did mm -hmm. um you know all, all the line work and colors and you know that was um I don't want to say it's easier, but it's like it, it, it's having one conversation with one person as opposed to you know, two separate conversations yeah. and then seeing what would work and all that. Like, again, uh, you, you know, Andre knows, you know, his style, what's going to work and what's going to make his work pop. And, and I think, you know, he did a fantastic job mm -hmm. at that. And, you know, um, you know, all of his co uh, covers, I, I think, were also uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we also were very lucky to get uh, Christian. Uh, they did. Uh, a great job with um, you know covers as well and if you get the trade you get all the um, in the back you can see all of you know Chris's covers as well yes Chris is an unbelievable artist <laughs> oh yeah I know <laughs> you've, sure. you've been spoiled in that sense too working with these great artists and colorists and, and letterers 
No, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and Chris did a uh, did basically a, a, a variant that we used for our uh, tour that Liana and I did in a 2019 promoting. She said destroy, mm -hmm. um, which I believe was one of their earlier you know published covers, mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, really took off uh, from there. Uh, you, you know, and uh, you know, Chris knew Liana. I can't take any credit for that, but um, <laughs> well, but, Liana knows everybody, so that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But the the benefit of that is no one has to know that they can yes. just assume, yes. you know, me. So why not? Let's take credit for it. Don't worry. Exactly. I don't have to. I don't have to actually take credit. I can let people assume credit. <laughs> yes. Lay back and be like. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so the best part about talking to you now is the fact that this book is technically, I mean, we're recording this on a Monday and this, right. by the time this releases, it actually released uh, in a week or so is the book will already be on shelves for people to get because it does drop on August 23rd uh, at your local comic book shop. So that's nice. I like that. I've talked to other people before. I'm like, well, you have to wait, you know, forever and ever and ever. Or yeah. it came out six <laughs> months ago. It's like, this is nice. Nice little timing on this. By the time you listen to yeah. this, you just get in the car you hear the beginning of this podcast episode you get in the car and you drive to your lcs and buy a copy of it that's what you do that's how you do this <laughs> absolutely i mean i don't know why you know they didn't already like have their store order it and you know put it Correct. aside for them that's, but, you that's know, it, it is what it is it happens yeah. the funny thing about that is i feel like um I don't know. It's just so hard with FOC dates and, and and people who are new to comics. It's just such a confusing thing. I think there are a lot of people. It's not as cut and dry as someone who was in the industry who kind of knows, okay, this makes sense, pre-order, da, 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 yeah. all this other stuff. So there is this gap on it, but I do think it's a lot easier for, for comic book stores to take a flyer on a trade that they don't know much about because people like okay, this is the entire collected edition of it you're not telling someone oh i have issues one through three or i have issues one five and seven or whatever mm -hmm. it may be so i do think it's one of those things even my lcs uh doesn't know obviously there's so much stuff on the market nowadays doesn't know everything but we'll take oh, a flyer yeah. on reading these solicitations and go you know what i'll take two copies of that i'll know i'll be able to sell at least two copies of that so on and so forth so there's a chance that you go yeah. to your lcs and they did order it even though you didn't pre-order it or you can be like me oh, who's going to get the trade at the same time i already own all all these single issues as well because i'm just right. a glutton for punishment here right <laughs> oh absolutely i was doing that with saga for like the longest yes. time you know, but, oh i'm the, yeah. we mentioned the whole reprint or not reprint but like um uh you know like when they re-release and remaster things is that i fell into the hole of i'm a big walking dead fan yeah and so they're releasing the Walking Dead series all in the deluxe edition, which is now colored. And they added a couple pages in the back of it. And there's these new covers and all that stuff. So from one issue one on my LCS, I'm like, can you just get all the covers, like covers A through whatever, and I'll just grab those. And every single month now, or every two weeks, I think it is now, they've released the new issue with all like maybe like three or four covers. And I've been collecting all of them. <laughs> I now technically my number one collected series is not walking dead is walking dead deluxe because they're 70 issues in there's like four covers per issue. oh wow <laughs> i was just like oh my god i have less of the actual original series and i have most of the original series yeah. and then the actual re re reproduction reproduction of it i'm like i don't know why i fell into this this hole of collecting and, and, and hoarding of these things i mean i'm just making kirkman more rich that's what i'm doing yeah well i i got to um <laughs> What was it? I, I was at a press junket with uh, Geek.com mm -hmm. years ago when uh, it was um, Oblivion Song was coming out and he was promoting that. And uh, I got to ask Kirkman a couple of questions. 
the first question I asked him was, uh, why do you hate Philadelphia so much? And the, the second question I asked him was what it was like being on Comedy Bang Bang. And after he was talking about being on Comedy Bang Bang, and, you know, it was a little awkward. He had to, like, yeah. read from, like, the cue cards. Yeah. He's just like, you could have asked me, like, anything. You could have asked me about, you know, this Walking Dead. You could have asked me about this comic. Like, why are you asking me about, like, Comedy Bang Bang? Like, so I'm like, that's what I want to know about. <laughs> All these other people are going to ask you about The Walking Dead and Oblivion Song. Exactly. I want to know about this. I mean, exactly. I don't know. I, you'd feel like you're almost obligated. And honestly, he probably was thrown off but refreshed at the same time because he's answering the same questions to a bunch of different people. So if you had that different kind of a conversation, I can understand yeah. that. It makes sense. No, absolutely. It's like, I, I, I would rather just like wither and die than be the, you know, 98,000 person to be like, where'd you get the idea for the walking dead? <laughs> Why is it in black and white? <laughs> You know? Well, yes. you know, I thought like take like a zombie movie, but like what happens after? It's like, yeah, I know. Like, or, why would I ask you that? Yes. <laughs> how do the how do the zombies how do the walkers start? Okay, he's not going to answer that question, so let's just move on from that one. But yeah. But Dolly in the Dark uh, on your local comic book store shelves. I'll go to your bookstores and get it. It's amazing. I do. I love it. I love the mixture between a bunch of things. It's action packed. It's thrilling. It's got heart. Uh, in it as well um you can see the struggles of donnie you can see a bunch of different things in there he's got like almost like mob boss type stuff going on there too um it's got fairies and fantasy so it's, it literally has something for everyone i you'd have to say that right i mean I, I'm, it's out of my mouth so it has something for everyone yeah yeah you know it's uh for uh kids nine to ninety nine to ninety nine yeah, exactly. You know, just just everyone. You know what? Yes. And you know what? If you're eight, if if you're 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 if you're a wise eight, maybe. Yes, maybe. There's, well, there's yeah. some language, ask your parents some first. Violence. Ask your parents yeah. first, and then you know, but buy it. But the but parents should just buy it now to hold on to it to give to their kid when they're ready to read it, so that yeah. they get it ahead of time. You get the first, you know, first release of it, and then then Joe can pay his bills. That's what we we're looking for. Exactly. I I love paying my bills. It's great. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's good. And if enough people buy this, they'll have to make more. Mad Cave will just be in an awkward spot where they're just like, we're making so much money on Dahlia yeah. in the Dark. We'd be stupid not to yeah. do more. Dahlia in the Light? Yeah, there you go. Is that, that, is that the sequel? You know, Dahlia, uh, Dahlia in the Sunset? Dahlia in the Somewhat Dark, but not really... You know, there's all yeah. kinds of options for it. you know. Um, Dahlia, is, the, Dahlia, Dahlia in the dusk, I think yes. is the uh, the next one. Is, the, is the prequel? Is that the prequel for it? Mm -hmm. Um, do you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm, you probably have things you can't talk about, and so on and so forth. But are you working on stuff right now? I mean, are you on the next big thing uh, for yourself? Or are you taking a break? What's going on? Yeah, no, uh, I am. Uh, I, I finished writing uh, my first YAOGN, so. I'm excited for that. That's supposed that should be announced. Um, if it's not announced by the time this goes up, it'll be in the coming weeks. Um, it should be uh, announced by the time I'm at Baltimore Comic Con, uh, which is uh, coming up in a few short weeks. I'll, I'll be there. Um, was it uh, September 9th, that Saturday? I'll, okay. I'll be at that show. 
And uh, I will also be at New York Comic Con. And I am flirting with the idea of going out to Rose City. Okay. Um, I've never been to Portland before. And, and I hear uh, the donut culture there is pretty good. So. so that's the only reason to go right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I love like, um, you know, I love going to Emerald City, like not just because I have, you know, family and friends out in yeah. Seattle, but Top Pot. I love those donuts. Those are fantastic donuts. You know what? It, it's perfect. I think that's a great idea. You know, sign some autographs when you're out there, sell some books, buy some donuts that you should do when you exactly. go to Rose City. There you go. That's perfect. You know, you know, I, get, I, get me like a lime, like a with a lemon frosted old fashioned. Like you can't you just go. get that anywhere. No. You know. Well, I so, do that. I mean, I live I live in Bangor, Maine, and it's a two hour drive to Portland, Maine, uh, where a lot of the you know the international air, well, everything's there. And when we yeah. go down there, there's a couple donut shops that are like you can only get these donuts down here. And so I end up buying way too many because I can't eat them fast enough. And then they go, like, yeah. they get stale. And I'm like, I don't know why I do this. I'll just go back and get, and get some more. Now I'm throwing away donuts. But yeah, I can understand the, the attraction of getting a specific donut in a specific place. I can see that. Yeah, People do absolutely. that for all kinds of things. I mean, donuts, you're the first person to have been on this in 125 episodes. So you go somewhere specifically for a donut. So there you go. You're, you're, yeah. you're your own person, Joe. Absolutely, you know. Also for the the friends and family and all of that. And, uh, yeah, but, but yes, the don't. I mean, come on. Those are, you, you know. I I feel like the people of Seattle don't know how good they've got it. You know, you yes. just get spoiled. Yes, you just like, you take it for granted. You can get mm -hmm. you know top hot donuts at the supermarket. Yes, you know. But but yeah, it's 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 really a treasure, and and I wish they they knew how how good they had it. Uh, I'm sure some of them do. But you know, you get stuck in your own bubble, and you don't yes. realize how good the donuts are, and it's it's you know, it's a shame. Awesome! I appreciate you taking the time. You're on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, joke, uh, you know, are you, what are your what's your Instagram handle? I I am uh, on Twitter and Blue Sky. I okay. am Joe Corallo, and okay. then on Instagram, I'm you know Corallo Joe. It's okay, just reverse. But you'll see on Twitter yeah, and on Blue Sky. Check those out because I'm guessing you'll make announcements on there too of anything that you have going on. So if yeah. people want to follow along and, and and those who those people who have already read and loved Die in the Dark and want more from what you're doing, uh, can find that out on social media there as well. Um, and if you haven't read Die in the Dark, you really should. Um, stop listening to this podcast and go to your digital reader and buy it or order it or stop by a local comic book shop and get it because it's worth it. I, I I truly have the freedom to do your own podcast to pick people who I want to talk about stuff with because I want to talk about stuff because I like their stuff. I'm not forced by some sort of upper management person to be like, you know what? Joe has a new book out. Why don't you talk to Joe about something? Nope. I wanted to talk to you because I liked your book and I like what you're doing. So uh, I keep it up and I'm thank you for taking some time out to talk to us here. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Thank you for plugging Dahlia in the Dark. And also, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Beck Star, another uh, great Mad Cave book I did before this. They're not connected in any way, but maybe they are. I don't know. Um, I don't think they are. But if you want to buy a copy and try to find out. out if they are, go for it. Mad Cave sells some great books, too. So check that out. And then also, obviously, find She Said Destroy. Grab that book, too. Uh, and uh, yep. Never Ending Party and all kinds of stuff that you're available yep. uh, uh, from you. So uh, again, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to chat with us here. 
we do recommend, highly recommend buying Dolly in the Dark. Anybody out there who wants to read it, uh, buy it for a friend, buy two copies, whatever they are. They're not that expensive, people. Come on. Exactly. Buy less, yeah. buy less coffee at the local coffee shop and go buy books. Books will last longer. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Don't and, you know? Skip skip a movie. Don't don't go out to a, a movie one day because movies. I mean, you you go to a movie buy the popcorn, the soda. You you know you go with uh you, you know you go with a significant other. God forbid you have kids. Yes. It's over a hundred bucks. Yep. Before the end of it, when you could have just gotten a copy of Die in the Dark and shared it with your family, read it any time. Yes, and it doesn't right. go anywhere. It's true. You can read it. You can read it in bed. You can read it on the on the deck where you're at your pool. You can read it while you're eating a donut. That's the thing. Is that that's the moral don't, of the story here? Yeah. Avoid a glazed donut. You don't want to like get yeah. the glaze on the. Well, buy two copies. Your donut eating reading copy. Yeah, and your non donut, you know, or you can wear like gloves. I don't know. Read your digital so you can get you can wipe your you screen off. Do, and you, um, did it. you could be like a crazy person, eat it with a fork and knife, so you're not getting it on your. Or just stick it on a fork, and then you go, and then you can eat. Yeah, <laughs> then, then you look even more like a crazy person. Like, what is that person <laughs> doing over there? <laughs> I really appreciate it. I it was a lot of fun chatting with you, uh, and we'll Thank have you, you on again in the future if you're willing to, to talk about your future projects and things like that. Uh, but again, yeah. thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.